Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Pod. Goody's with me as usual and Big Jim is back from his well-earned rest post-World Cup. We'll be having a chat with Ireland's Andrew Porter about their World Cup campaign, Andy Farrell and what's next for Leinster. Plus, I've got a little bit of an announcement to make, lads. Oh gosh, go on yeah, then. about me. Go on. That's coming up next. So settle back, enjoy and make sure that you've subscribed on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Love that. He's dangled the carrot. Yeah. You've just dangled a carrot. What's your announcement? I'm leaving. You're not fucking leaving. No, I'm leaving. It's time to go home to New Zealand. It's time to leave the rugby pod. What? Leaving the rugby Let pod. him go. Let him go. This is his moment. He's had this speech oh. lined up. I don't have a speech lined up. Go on then. When? Not until Christmas. Oh. <laughs> it's big news though. Yeah. It's big. I've been here for eight seasons now. And yeah. We know. It's time to go home. I'm actually getting a little bit emotional because it's hard because it's like the reasons why I'm going home is for family, for why are you crying my for? wife. God. I love my wife. <laughs> Come on, Andy. It's tough, man. Like, yeah, because like you go through this thing where you go home to visit your parents every year and then you don't put your alarm on for the podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah. remember that one <laughs> yeah you get to the airport and you got to say goodbye to your parents and you see your old man crying your mum crying and they're getting it's old a, you, they're getting old and you're like I don't want to do that anymore they're crying because they're happy to see you go back to England they're, they're happy tears <laughs> well, like, I, should I be crying now or not because you're leaving because it's the other way or not yeah, I think you should. Oh, I'm not. I'm not ready to cry. You're not, you're not, I'm not really faced. No. <laughs> no, I mean, it will be very sad when Andy Rowe leaves. Let's be honest. But you're not leaving for about six weeks, so I'm all right at the minute emotionally. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's where, like, we know we knew that this was happening. So, like, mm. for us, it's not, it's not as if you're just telling us that right now, and then it's like, wow, we're in shock. We've had time to process this news. Yeah. But, I did send you a song though over the weekend, didn't I? When you said, oh, "I'm going to announce it this week on the podcast, gents." That was that was lovely, actually. Yeah. Please don't go. Don't go. I'm begging you to go. Oh, no, it's meant to be stay, but no. Yeah, it's a change of guard, a change yeah. of... Look, we've been at this for eight years now. Let's be honest, it's been a, a long time. A lot's happened over that period of time. And Andy Rowe, genuinely, you've been central to that by not saying much and <laughs> just directing the conversation where it needs to go. And only recently... You've been a smart, smart move. He knows he's leaving, going back to New Zealand. He starts yeah. inputting more, back yeah. in the All Blacks. Yeah. Because he's going back to New Zealand. Yes. He wants a job yeah. when you're down there. And you deserve a job when you're down there. God, are you going to do the All Blacks podcast? Or? 
if they're listening, I'm looking for employment post-Christmas. But you've been doing all sorts of it, like you work in recruitment. Mm. You've lived here for how many years now? I've lived here for 10 years, yeah. got my British citizenship. Oh, so support, you're taking that and going Scotland. home. He's taking that and going home. <laughs> Literally. Paid my NHS. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's it's been awesome. And I think like you do get to that point where, yeah, my wife, obviously she's having a baby in February and I want her to be home around family because I've seen how wrecked you guys are, especially Jim, when you guys rock up to the podcast and you, you don't have someone. I mean, you've got a nanny. Just get a nanny, mate. Yeah, exactly. Amanda, the nanny, is the best person in my life. I've seen what it's ha- what's happened to Jim and I don't want that. I don't want that happening to me. What's happened to me? Well, you've rocked up here sometimes, mate. You've been in, you, you've just been in bad shape. But that's you? life. That's life. But I do understand, Andy Rowe. Look, um, we've had this chat before. I don't have a huge amount of family up the way. My wife does. But yeah, like family's important, especially when you see the other side of the world, the time zone, like your parents getting on a little bit. Like, obviously, don't want you to go, but it's a bigger decision than that, isn't mm-hmm. it? So it's been eight years. I was going to say that Harry Styles is leaving, but it's no. You're like the drummer. Is there a drummer in, in One Direction? There's <laughs> not a drummer. There's not a drummer. There's not, there's not a drummer. There, there must be a drummer. But Actually, there, there is, is a drummer. drummer. Like going back to One Direction, there's Harry Styles. He shaved his hair off. Yeah, has he? I bet yeah. he looks good. Who else is there? Zane? What was his name? Zayn Malik, who yeah. is actually very good when he records. He's not great live, but like in recording studio, is good. And who else was there? That Liam Payne, who was off his rocker oh, yeah. on ITV when he was on the red carpet. But look, mate, we've. Got a while until you go. You'll be back for Christmas in New Zealand. Yeah, we're back for Christmas. Sending pictures on the yeah. beach when it, I don't get it at Christmas where the sun's out. Weird, just, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's that's, so that's so Kiwi. Oh isn't yeah, it? it's amazing. I bet it is amazing. Yeah, but it's just so not what we do over here, is well, it? That's not Christmas, is it? No, and that's maybe why people call Kiwis weird because you, the sun's out. Mm. Not just in New Zealand, obviously everywhere in the Southern Hemisphere. But so you have been copying it on social media. I've been trolled. Left, right, and centre. People are emailing my World Rugby email address. Do you, know how, do you know how to log into that yet, or not? Well, I only opened it this morning. <laughs> how many emails? Uh, I said I had three or four, three or four that came Hundreds. through. Then there's some in the junk. Three or four hundred, yeah. But yeah, it all comes down to a video that was based on South Africa winning the final. Yeah. That World Rugby have taken the video down because it's showcasing and who's the video parts by? of the game by Squidge. But it's not about the video. Like, I've never seen people get so passive-aggressive about a video being taken down off YouTube. Mm. What was the video? The video was South Africa's win in the final, yeah. and there was some content that Squidge did around it, which goes out to the masses. It was very good, like, as in yeah. very good content. He's a very yeah. talented creator. And then World Rugby took it down because it was a copyright breach, as you know. Yeah. The stuff that you put up during the World Cup that yeah. got taken down, and you asked me, and I was like, well, and I'll explain the reason now. I'm the same. I had stuff taken down. Yeah. So a similar thing, put together a video. Apparently it took 60 hours for him and his mates to do in the basement. Put it on YouTube. Decent number of followers so he'd make a bit of money off it. But the crux of it are, whether he likes it, I like it, you like it, or we don't like it, is that he doesn't own the rights to the footage. Mm. And the broadcasters do. So ITV, Supersport, Sky New Zealand, whoever they are across the world, they pay millions of pounds for it. And... Maybe this is something going forward in the next World Cup in four years' time that they'll change and content creators can use the footage. And there are conversations that are happening in the business about, like, how do we collaborate? Like, producer Rob speaks to the Champions Cup and the Prem and the URC. We've had conversations about when we talk about footage in games, uh, you overlay it with footage from the games while you talk on the podcast to add a little bit more depth and context and glitz and glamour. 
But I tell you now, the amount of messages and trolling I've had, it's kind of, there's a little bit of irony around, isn't there? You know? The facts of it are, let's spell it out. The TV channels, the various TV channels, pay millions of pounds. Millions. For the rights for tens the World Cup. Tens and tens of millions, yeah. Take someone like Squibble Squid Rugby. Yeah. Who has then taken all the footage, created... A great video. A great video. Taken a long time to do it. Put it up on his YouTube channel, which he is monetizing himself. Yeah, But he hasn't for paid for the right... Okay, so he's basically benefiting off someone else paying for... I get it now. They've got every right to take it down. As yeah. much as, you know, it's great content, you ain't paying for the rights to it, you ain't fucking having it. Exactly. If you haven't paid to actually make that footage be available, yeah. then it doesn't belong to the you. The question would be, would he have paid World Rugby a percentage of his earnings or whatever or a fee to have them and then throw that back at him and say, would you have paid for it? If the answer's no... You can't have it. Well, that's what I mean. That's the conversations that are happening. Like the NBA had a similar thing where anyone can use the rights now. But unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever side of the internet you're on, part of the agreement says that you can't do that. Hence why you got your content taken down. I had footage taken down as creative director. But it's more the personal stuff. It just shows you that as in this isn't to do with a video. This just shows you the dark side of social media. So I'm not going to name drop the platforms. You can go on, have a look, maybe put in my name or whatever on there and you'll see like people coming at me. Like, I'm a bothered. Like genuinely, if the video stays up, great. If it doesn't, I'm a bothered. I don't care. Did you see Henry Arundel's performance? Because uh, he didn't just score a hat-trick. He played a blinder yeah. for Racing. Pick him, give him the ball and the kid can play. Debut for Racing, hat-trick. His first try is blistering. Second try, Again, blistering pace. And the third one, he's, a, he's beating someone one-on-one. Lola Seo, Australian international centre. Should be in an England shirt. Should have been in a semi-final or quarter-final and loads of games. But, hey, here we are. Hell of a debut, though, for wrestling. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a club to play at as well. Yeah. You know, mm. when I watch Finn play at Bath, and he's obviously doing really well, yeah. like shushing the shed at the weekend. <laughs> and he, he's, made a massive, he's, he's, he's a legend. But then I saw Sia Khaleesi rocking up to Racing with his million followers that are definitely not bought from Indonesia like they are organic yeah (laughs) they are organic following and I do wonder with everything that's going on at the Prem at the minute whether Finn's made the right decision I I know there's there's a million reasons there's a million reasons why he has (laughs) there's a million reasons why but the top 14 like Rassin you've got Sia Khaleesi I'm not saying you've got Henry Arundel you've got a superstar there but like what a club to be at comes down to the financials doesn't it do you think Rassin wouldn't pay Finn a mil yep his biggest offer was Bath, so why has he gone to Bath? His biggest offer mm. was there. Listen, he had an amazing career at Racing, but all good things come to an end. Andy Rose going home. But Bath put an incredible offer on the table for him, and he's come back from a World Cup. Yes, he had a week in New York last week and missed the Northampton game, but watch what has happened to the players around him mm. as well. All the players, and a lot of them are young English kids, so thank you, Scotland. Thank you, Finn. Max Ajomo yeah. out of this world. Lawrence out of this world. They're just loving playing with Will him. Will Muir as well. Yeah. See, I've been watching a bit Will, of Ruggers over the weekend. Will the horse Muir. You could just run lines off him all day yeah. and he's just going to give it to you in the gap. Yeah. So when you say, has he made the right decision? I'm buzzing the Prem's well, back. I thought the Prem why, was amazing this week. But that's why we're buzzing or you're buzzing because he's made the Prem good. I'm yeah. looking at it from a glitz and glamour and the top 14 and everything that's As happening we know, around mate, the top 14 ain't all, I know, it's, all but, it's uh, built up to be. I know, but see, some dark days there. in the top 14, there is, isn't there? There are some long days as well, yeah. but that's all. For the Prem, great. Well, put but, it this way, right? Top 14, you're playing 26 league games as a club. Prem, you're playing 18, max. Mm. 
So, like, it's actually a wise decision for Finn, I think. If you can take a million quid a year for three years or whatever it is and play a lot less rugby, as we talk about, there's no Premiership rugby in the Six Nations this year. Mm. So he's going to be playing for Scotland and he'll have those rest weeks as well. It's a brilliant signing for him, his family and his bank balance and Bath Rugby Club. Do you reckon with all those players playing better around him because he's there, Bath are a real deal for the Premiership this year? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've definitely got a chance. Top four. And it'd be interesting. We haven't really given what we reckon are going to be the top fours, but Quinn's look good. Sale are going to be good. Sarries are obviously going to be good. Northampton, Bath. That's your top five. Leicester, if they can get their act together. But yeah, they've definitely got a chance at the top four. I think Detoy's a brilliant signing. Top try scorer in the Prem now, prop. How about that? Do you know what? Everyone's talking about Finn Russell at the minute and the impact that he's having on the players. Not enough said about what I think is one of the best coaches in the English game who's gone there, Lee Blackett. I think he is a phenomenal coach and he marries up with Finn the way he thinks about the game. He's having a massive impact as well, I think. And they've got a bit of steel about them, Bath, now with Finn and Detoy and a few other boys. A bit light in the second row. Yes, I was going to say that. Maybe up front, you could, I know you mentioned Detoy then. They've got Tom Dunn as well. Yeah. Hooker, hell of a lead when he wants it. You look at Underhill. We'll have Ted Hill when he comes back. Very true. Alfie Barbary, if he's okay, he started really well. I love Alfie Barbary. Yeah. It's second row where they're worried. What's happened to Gloucester? They don't really know. Obviously, at the end of last season, they dropped off a cliff, didn't they? If you think the injuries that they had, the performances, the changes. Mm. And then this season, I'm looking at I'm like, Zach Mercer coming in. Injured now. Yeah, injured. Will he make a big difference? The Prem's really hard at the minute, isn't it? Because a load of young coaches... A load of young players, salary caps are cut. So you're relying on your big players coming back. And we've seen that, haven't we? Like Saracens, when the England players come back. Leicester as well. I know they didn't win at the weekend, but the quality of players. When I look at Gloucester, I'm thinking, right, you've got the Argentinian lads to come back. Yeah. You've got Zach Mercer, who's your big signing, and he's injured. You've got your local derby, arguably the biggest derby out of all of them. I know Leicester, Northampton, might have something to say about that, or Saris Quinns as well. But in my opinion, the Gloucester-Bath one was massive. And you've got your pants pulled down. Gloucester were good in the first half. I think they were 20 points yep. to 10 up. That's the worry. Yeah. And then they got blitzed in the second half. They made errors. I, I, listening to George Skivington afterwards, I don't think he said embarrassing, but it was along those lines of... He was, well, he was nearly 50 points at home against yeah. Bath, yeah. Yeah. And it could have been more as well, to be fair. A couple of lucky tries. When I'm looking at it with my Gloucester Which sunglasses, I'm, yeah, was it over the line? Yeah. Look at you. You're meant to hate Bath because you're Leicester. I don't, I don't hate Bath. Or dislike Bath? No, I like Lee Blackett. So. Oh, there we go. Well, that's why I knew there was some, a couple of close like calls close like to the try line. Ollie Lawrence, like Cameron Lawrence, Bath. Yeah. Actually, come on, Bath. Ma- Max Ojomo's a good lad. Yeah. They were out muscled in the second half, and I watch Lewis Ludlow, and he is an absolute man possessed. Lying about. Yeah, he's given everything. And then I think, is everyone else given as much as him? Comes down to quality. Yeah. You look at the Bath team and you look at the Gloucester team on paper. I know Chris Harris, British and Irish Lion, no Lewis Rees Summit on the wing, no Zach Mercer, but Albert Tuasui is a good player. Actually, you've got Carreras in there as well. Carreras was brilliant at fullback defensively until he got run over that by was, Will yeah. Muir. He'd, he'd basically stopped cocking a singer a couple of times, made some big defensive hit. Had it not been for him, it could have been 60 because there was three try savers and then. Eventually, Will Muir gets his three legs and boom. Yeah. But when you look at Bath, million-pound player, Finn Russell, where's Gloucester's million-pound player? No, they haven't got one. But you look at investment into the team, and the big conversation could be the teams now, 
that want to invest. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the season is going to unravel like that. But Bath have invested in their squad. So have Gloucester to a degree with Zach Mercer. They've got some injuries there, Gloucester, as well. Yeah, they have, yeah. yeah. But across the board, when you look at the out-and-out quality mm. and you think of Ollie Lawrence coming to Bath yeah. last season through fault rather than design. Underhill, you've still got you got Ted Hill gone there as well. You've got Thokken Singer, who, if he pulls his finger out, could be one of the best players in the Prem as well. You've got Cam Redpath, you've got Ben Spencer. They've got a lot of quality there. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Gloucester don't, but losing Zach, Mercer... No Lewis Rees Summit. He's getting his tags done in Turkey with his brief. He's on the bench. I'm like, why is he on the bench? It's only an 18 game season. I know. Pick him. Barbar's game. That was why. The big one. Like, yeah. why are they playing that anyway? Noel Armstrong's red card kind of erased any hope of Exeter coming back against Northampton, didn't it? Goody, you know, when I saw that, I thought, I'm just going to wait for Goody to bang it up on X. Which way is he going to go? And listen to Hoggy on comms. Yeah. I was completely opposite to you and Hoggy. He thought it was a red. I just thought he knew what he was doing. You saw in slow-mo, you can't base it on that. But I've never jumped for a ball in that way. <laughs> so I actually don't know how you fall back and you do it. But it looked like he lifted his leg to protect himself and to give himself that bit of space between a collision in the air, which, as we've always said, it's one of the hardest skills. You've got to be so brave, such a dangerous mechanism to get up there and take the ball when you're under pressure. It looked like to me he did it, and only he knows yeah. that he did it on purpose. When you slow it down and watch it in super slow mo, it looks like he's volleyed him in the face. You watch it in full speed, and you're like, it's just a rugby incident. Slowing it down makes it look a million times worse. And yes, I felt for the lad because Niall's a, a young kid. Northampton win the game comfortably anyway, I think, but it's a talking point, isn't it? Well, Finn Smith was outstanding, wasn't he? Very good. Unreal. Very good. Friend of the show, Finn Smith. Yeah. Lovely kid. Looks big. As in, yeah, he's bulked like, looks like he's bulked. Yeah. The try that he creates with a little kick through, if that's Finn Russell, it's gone viral a million times, two million times, whatever. That bit of skill, the way he takes it, and as a 10, I watched it, and I literally nearly dropped my chocolate bar on the sofa. Are you I'm... back eating chocolate no, bars? No, protein bar, protein bar. Anyway, that skill, when I looked at it, I rewound it a couple of times, and I'm like, that's fucking unbelievable. Under pressure, seeing that and then sliding it through the way he did. Ridiculous skill. Finn Smith, quality player. Quality player. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, nice boy. And listen, Saints were, were good. I thought Curtis Langdon played really well as well. Angus Scott Young in the back row. Yeah. Huge. Is he an Aussie? Yeah, mate. Yeah, he is, mate. And Courtney's a big one for them this year because he's had so many injury issues and he's only probably played a handful of club games. But the fact that he's not going to be away with England a lot, his physical presence, Dingwall... I thought it was great. Freeman as well. They're exciting. Sam Vesti didn't pick his nose for once. He's got a moustache though. Looking yeah. good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Saints good. Led by Finn Smith and Alex Mitchell. Whenever he pulls on a Saints jersey, especially at home, he plays well. And big shout out to their defence as well. That was their big work on from yeah. last season. They were in the market for a defence coach and they've got a rugby leader. So they look very good defensively and that's what you need. Defence wins championships. championships. That's what they say. Goody, you were at Welford Road on the weekend. What happened, mate? I was at Matteoli Woods, Welford Road, yes. Quinns were very good. And again, you go into the whys and wherefores, the squad depth, some good signings by Quinns. Joe Launchbury, who is, I think, a very underrated second row, does the nuts and bolts stuff very well for them. Quinns are a good team. right? And Leicester had Jasper Visa back, Andre Pollard, Dan Cole, Ollie Chesham. And it was a brilliant game. Like started with the two-minute silence, which was spine-tingling, hearing that silence and the respect shown to it and then Quinn's fly out the block score pretty quickly 
It was a really entertaining game. Leicester will be very disappointed with the amount of errors they made and the amount of knock-ons to a point of one of the Leicester fans got a picture of me and my gloves from back in the day with a Leicester shirt on and said, send them to the lads, boys. So there's a box of samurai gloves on their way to the Leicester Tigers training ground. But Quinns were very good. Marcus Smith at 10. I don't want to bang on about him, but he's pretty decent, that kid, isn't he? Moved to fullback for the last 10 minutes of the game. Tactically, I thought he was spot on. Tyrone Green, again, with a ridiculous finish, which came off Marcus Smith's half-break and offload. Will Porter at nine, I think, has had a brilliant start to the season for them. And obviously got Danny Kerr to come in. Don Brandt, he looks slim again. Mate, he means hungry. business, that hungry. Yeah, but yeah literally, literally hungry. hungry and hungry for Looks it. leaner. I'd say, yeah, Quinns were good. Leicester will be frustrated. And do you know what? You talk about Derby weekend. It makes this weekend's home game against Northampton absolutely massive because you're looking at the league table and Leicester have played 5-1-1. One, one. You're being too nice, Leicester. I'm not being too because nice. Because the Andy Goode suite, you are. The Andy Goode suite's rammed. They were poor at the weekend. Andrew. I wouldn't say they were poor. They, they made a load of errors that would be frustrated with. Why they didn't play their best. Poor? They lack a bit of see you next Tuesday. I know the new coach in Dan McKellar, Australian, they have a different way of setting up a team. And the dark arts are something that have always lacked in Australian teams and how they're set up. I'm not yeah. saying that that's the case. Leicester were trying to get into the wider channels and that's great for me. As in what Borthwick brought to that team was the fucking see you next Tuesday. Kick Kicks the balls, which we didn't like. So it's almost like now they're changing yeah. what they've got the DNA. But I, I'm looking at that. And yes, Jasper Visa getting over the game line. He was Leicester's best player. The line out went to pot and they're missing Montoya, world-class hooker. George Martin makes a big difference Yeah, he as well. does. But you think of the players that they've got in there. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Oli Chesham. They've got Dan Cole, like, just come off the back of playing in the World Cup. So yeah. he's not over the hill, according to the powers that be. You've got Ben Youngs, obviously friend of the show, was in last week. Most capped England player. You've got Andre Pollard, World Cup winner mm. in there. You know what I mean, mate? Tell you what they have got. Catter at centre is good luck tackling him as well. Yeah. Leicester, they'll be okay. They are underachieving, underperforming. And it is, as Jim said, transitioning around, changing coaches, changing how they play, the DNA of, of what a coach wants. And Dan McCullough is a brilliant coach from his background of what he's done, the Brumbies in Australia. And he's a lovely bloke. And it's just marrying up that DNA of how he sees a team going. The signings that obviously he hasn't been able to make if he wants to bring that change. And you can't just change completely overnight. And they've, they've been massively affected by yes. all the players at the World Cup that they've lost and all their coaches like they've lost everyone yeah. so I am being a bit harsh but at home against Quinns yeah like Quinns are top of the league mate they're a good mm. team and yeah. Quinns have got a very good success record at Welford Road yes but the test is this weekend Northampton there you go if you can't get up for that you're fucked you know what Les need to do they need to get back to a bit of Moreland brawling that's what they need to be doing. There you go. Well, you've had a delivery from Moreland Brawl, haven't you, Jim? What do you mean I've had a delivery? I where's own my, the company. Where's my I've actually delivery? got some in my bag. Have you? Hang on, Andy. Is it what new or used? I'm not too sure. We've been doing a shoot today for Moreland Brawl. Yes, Moreland Brawl for Christmas, lads. Secret Santa. How long has this company been going for now? Not quite a year. Just to let you know, I'm still waiting for my delivery. I have got a bag full of, of Moreland Brawl, of dark honey and... Tobacco. Tobacco. Dark honey and tobacco. So we've got the beard oil. We have got the moisturiser and we've got the shower gel. And all three together for Christmas equals the... The tripod. No, the caveman. The nearly, caveman. nearly. <laughs> called the caveman. So you go to moreandbrawl.com, you can get yourself some for Christmas. Now Beck's talking to me again. She'll package everything up. It will be sent with love. Well, I'll give you my address. You've I've got, got some in bag. No, take I don't some want the new bag. stuff. <laughs> I, want the, I want the new stuff. I can't Andy believe the, what, the one person that the scent has been built on yeah. hasn't even got to try it yet. Okay, well, you give me some. Andy Rowe, you can get some to 
take home for, toothpaste for the dogs. Toothpaste for him as well. If you go to mornbrawl.com, you get 10% off everything with the code RUGBYPOD. And you want to thank everyone for their positive feedback as well, didn't you? Yeah, thank you. You had some positive feedback. Well, I've had the ones where they're like, where's the mall and brawl? Where's the video? The videos were filmed today. So you got the rights for it? Well, we'll find out. We'll see. <laughs> see how it unfolds. I'll speak to World Rugby and see if I can publish it. If not, I'll just post it on social media and get a load of hate. Bristol lost at home. They've had a lot of investment. Pat Lamb will be feeling the heat a little bit. They've been a bit up and down. They've had a lot of investment, but that's previous years for me. I look at this squad now, and yeah, they've got Vakatawa's come in, but you think of the names that have gone out the door. Randrandra's gone, Piatau. Massive. Lewis hasn't played yet. They played Harry Thacker at seven. So they've got some injuries. Is Pat Lamb under pressure? Yes. We talked about that before, but he signed a seven-year deal, didn't he? Smart. Wise man. There's a lot of money gone out the door, and there's a lot of youth in this team now. Still got a bit of money in there with Carl Sinclair. He's talking about leaving as well, isn't he? Going to France, possibly, but I heard the French club balked at his wage demands. It's more about sale. George Ford was outstanding. Yeah, you look at the players that say they've got Creevy in there now, okay, old man, but... Old ball, though, been hard. around the block, eh? Yeah. They are primed, I think, Sale, to... You know, they lost the final last year, and often it says it takes losing the final to win one. Ford was great. Can't speak highly enough of him. Rob Dupree at 13, yeah. intercept. Their blitz defence, yeah, just ate up Bristol's attack, really. Well, you've got to think Sale as well, like, as in, if you started name-dropping players, and you talk about the Curry boys as well, you talk about the Dupree's in the back row... Like they've got quality, like yeah. Roebuck. Roebuck and Aaron well. Reid on the wings. Yeah. Wheels. Ernst van Rijn in the back row made a ridiculous amount of tackles. So Bristol, it's interesting. You look at the league now and you talk about where people are going to end up. Newcastle are going to end up 10th. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, very sorry. He's very angry. I wouldn't say he's angry. He just seems like he's just a little bit upset that there's just the lack of investment. Probably is what you spend, isn't it? I think Gloucester will finish 9th. Bristol will be 8th. And then... Could be anyone's guess. It would be that. good to get a list of what clubs are spending. Yeah. I don't know whether that's out there. You know, like in football, mm. you're privy to what's going on behind the scenes. Like it would be good, wouldn't it? Because yeah. then you could talk about like Exeter. But you have, to, you have to be honest then, don't you? Well, oh, yeah. Oh, well, well, why have Exeter got rid of all their players? <laughs> it's just a rebuild. <laughs> well, when it, when it? It? <laughs> it's just a rebuild. Like I look at Exeter now, like I do wonder, like what are they spending? They've got rid of every high-paying player apart from Henry, Henry Slade. Slade. Yeah, Scotty CEO's there as well. But I heard that Ealing Trailblazers... Are spending more on their squad than extra chief, 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 chiefs. On this, right. So when I looked at the Exeter team and didn't know many of the players or recognised a few youngsters coming through, and I've looked across the Prem, why would you invest at the minute? Like it's almost like the calm before the storm. Like you're watching it unfold. Let's see how the next couple of years unfold in the Prem. There's talk of two or three other clubs. We were talking probably better off there about a club not paying their players, like a top club. And then they did pay the players slightly paid late. late. They? they paid them late. Yeah. I don't want to put the name out there. I don't think it's fair that we do that. But if you are a club, and fair play to Newcastle for doing this, they're like, well, there's no relegation yet. There's a playoff at the end of the year, possibly. Possibly. That's yeah. not been confirmed, though, has no, it? No, it's, it's confirmed, but it depends who wins. So who could come up in the champ? Currently, only Doncaster. Donny, Donny, Donny. But there's rumours of, obviously, Ealing Trailblazers trying to find somewhere, yeah. if they're top of the league in the champ at the minute, to rent. And the whole thing around the ability to play in the Premiership, Sale, even Sarries, sometimes Newcastle, four or five thousand people. Yeah, you've got over ten thousand seat stadium to get in, so it doesn't make any sense around growing the game and allowing that pathway. So it's going to come down to a playoff between Newcastle, who are going to be bottom, and whoever finishes top of the Championship, but only if they meet the there criteria. You so you, why would you, if you are on the, a knife edge? 
with having to pay government grants back mm. and the, the fallout from COVID and all these things. Difficult time, isn't it? Very difficult time. So I am joking when I mentioned Newcastle, but it would be interesting. I don't know whether we were allowed to get that producer Rob at some point, but a list of how much the teams are spending. Because I think you have to take that into account. Yeah. You know, if we're talking about Bristol and we're saying, right, they've got no semi Ryan Randra, they've got no Charles Piertown, yeah. and they've cut their wage bill by X. Because when we looked at Bristol last year and you looked at their names, they had the superstar players, yeah. but then the rest of them, you'd be like, well, actually, mm. like they're very good players. You accused them of breaking the wage cap, didn't you? <laughs> I think that was you just throw mud at I anyone accused, else. I accused Exeter. I yeah. didn't accuse, and they've got rid of twelve friars. But on that note, yes, it's a difficult time. And why would you? On the pitch, I thought this weekend was brilliant in the Premiership. Having it back, or the World Cup players back. You know, I watched the Friday night game. The atmosphere at Gloucester until Bath started and Finn started shushing the shed and pulling their pants down was electric. Leicester twenty odd thousand there. Northampton yesterday looked class. Good club. Yeah, good club. A lot of fans there. You know, we need to work off the field as to what's happening and build on that because the product on it is brilliant and very excited to see it all back in its full glory with all the players there. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Listen closely. As a master painter carefully brushes Benjamin Moore Regal Select down the seam of the wall. It's like poetry in motion. Benjamin Moore. See the love. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Let's move on from the Premiership now then, and we can have a chat with a Leinster and Island star who hasn't returned to club duty just yet. Andrew Porter joins us. How are you, mate? Not too bad. How's it going? Andrew, very good, mate. We're in a studio here in London. It looks like you're in a studio setup, or is that your bedroom? Have you gone all in on coming on the podcast and thought you're going to get out your house ready? I uh, had to do it for, just for you since the last time I met you. Like I had to... I knew I had to up my style game, like, you know. You're taking style tips off Jim Hamilton? Yeah, would you not? Um, no, no. <laughs> He's got a coat hanger in the back of his jumper still. <laughs> yeah, this is as good as I've ever looked. But we did connect with Andrew Porter. I did really enjoy it. You know what? We did a thing for Just Eat, and I saw the lads. So I saw Andrew Porter, Dan Sheehan, and Aoife Moore as well. And we did this activation for Just Eat. And I can see the lads, it's part of their kind of gig with Leinster, whereas me, it's a paid activation. So it's easier for me to get on a plane and go oh, over. Big dog. Jim had the very easy gig of showing up for him when he was paid to do it. Exactly. But my point is, the guys were very engaging, yeah. enjoyed their company. And you know what? Maybe this is a question that I can lead on to. We don't see much of that 
off you lads, Mr. Porter. Like, as in, not that I wasn't expecting you lads to be really good, and Aoife as well was amazing. You're not allowed to put yourselves out there as much and showcase that you are wild men and very engaging. You know the whole thing with, with rugby players now, we're all very well media trained and there's all that whole thing where you might get cancelled for saying something, so you're better off not saying it. <laughs> okay, no comment, don't say no any more. No comment, yeah, no comment, that's it. More often than not, I'm told just to say as few words as possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's normally front rowers though, right? Yeah, hopefully that won't happen today. No, it's absolutely fine. But just on that, like, as in, I know, mate, you don't need to go around the house on here. I think th- there is a shift now. Like, I'm all about this kind of shift in the media and stuff like that. So to get you on here is class, especially after, you know, the World Cup and stuff like that. You, Some of the players might say, look, they just want to keep a low profile until the season starts. But you are of this new age, you know, the way that you look, putting yourself out there, kind of doing a little bit more away from the field. Is it important for you, younger lads, to try and put yourself out there? Do you see value in it? Yeah, definitely, especially the way kind of things are nowadays. Like with obviously rugby is like is a business and a lot of a lot of rugby players try and build their brand around kind of their own kind of uniqueness and try to like and if you can get yourself out there as much as possible, I think that's just another string to your bow kind of in, in, in today's game. And I know like for a lot of lads like building their kind of their own unique kind of personal brand like and that attracts uh, endorsements sponsors stuff like that so that's kind of what's keeping a lot of the club game alive at the moment like sponsorships and, and all that so like like you were saying with the just eat thing like it's you may think you're selling your soul a bit but uh yeah there's a there's a bit of enjoyment to be had at the end uh, in it as well like you can you can showcase your kind of your own personality and your own uniqueness as well in, in some senses 100 percent. now you've not been back in a jersey yet but what i can see and i can say is you talked about your own kind of brand and building that. You look very different, my friend. Your brand was like an amazing Mohica and hard as you like to look at. And you must have some sort of deal because you've gone for the old... Eminem. Well, he's gone Eminem, yeah. He's yeah, M&M. you're not the first to say that. There no. you go, like the blonde tips and the mullet's gone. What's happened? Must be a hair deal. Oh, no, I wish, I wish. Well, in fairness, I'm lucky to be able to pull it off like in, in terms of I'm lucky to have hair still to be able to do it. Correct, um, Jim. Some, some lads on the team aren't so lucky. But the day I got back from France, I got a, a text actually off my barber, my mate Ben, and he was like, right, I know you need to pick me up. So come into the shop and I'll do what I can for you. And yeah, went in. Great fella. Felt like I kind of just needed to change things up. And have you spoken to your boy Finley, my holiday friend, Finley Billen, about it? Because you, you two are the hair boys and he's obviously still got his, right? I think that suits him though. That's just his look now. Like yeah. the, the cornrows and the, the kind of Viking look. I can... I'm still trying to find mine, still still looking around, still shopping. So you on holiday with him, did you say? Yeah, I was in Dubai last year with him. Oh, geez, how was that? He was sweaty. He was very sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> so was I. Both of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew, you said that you needed to pick me up. Let's get straight into it. I was on the ground there. I say on the ground. I wasn't on the ground on the front line like you guys were. <laughs> but the energy that your team, that Ireland brought to the tournament... And everything was building. Everything was building to that quarterfinal. Look, for me being there as a casual fan, it felt like when you got knocked out and France as well, the tournament lost something. They Mm. lost some energy. And what you brought as a team, just give us an idea as a player, just actually how sad it was when you got knocked out and when you got home. You kind of referenced it there, but I imagine, mate, it was fucking incredibly tough to take. Like, I'm still kind of trying to come to terms with it in, in my own head but like it was gutting like it was I've never felt that much of a kind of a low I don't think in my in my career like it's it's one of those things where obviously 
there was huge hype and huge expectation and I think just the the kind of the energy that was at home like in and obviously all the all the fans that travel over from Ireland to to create that like unbelievable special atmosphere that I've never witnessed before I think it was just kind of all that linked in together and it's building up really really high and then it's like a roller coaster and it bang you're kind of it felt like you were just at the bottom like I came home and I thought that yeah this is this is going to be great like in kind of different environment I had too much time with my own thoughts then and then you know obviously you start playing everything back in your head and you know thinking of everything you could have done differently done better and I was really struggling kind of myself like being at home after being in such a great environment with all those like incredibly special like people and players and coaches and like stuff like that for so long and pre-season and obviously the the couple of weeks we were over in France but like coming home I thought like it would be oh like it'd be great like I can I could spend time with my wife which I hadn't got to do since we got married in July like we got married and we were straight back in into camp but I thought like being able to see all my family be able to see my friends I didn't want to do anything I was just like I was dearly like just wanted to be by myself completely when I came home so be easier now being back in Leinster, different kind of environment like that. But yeah, it was, it was shit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, I can see the emotion actually, yeah. and you sharing that. And I've been knocked out in the world cup before, but there was no expectation on my Scotland team. Whereas you were the number one team. And regardless of what anyone says and the pressure wasn't there, the quarterfinal hoodoo and the way that the game unfolded, I think there was a shock amongst the rugby world, just kind of what unfolded in that quarterfinal week. I would say that Ireland, New Zealand game, was the best game of rugby yeah. and we were chatting about it but probably ever seen whether or not you ever watch it back or whatever but the intensity is like something I've never seen so I imagine that feeling of being so close probably makes it even worse and obviously how ruthless it is as well like the tournament carries on doesn't it you go home two days later yeah yeah what was said like is there a debrief is there a decompression period or is it just off you go you go home and we'll chat you before the Six Nations yeah, see, that's the thing that, like, when at the end of something like that, there isn't really a, a debrief. There was obviously a kind of a, a few words said for, for people, other people moving on, for obviously Johnny and Earlsey hanging up the boots and a few other kind of staff members moving on to different roles and stuff. There was obviously a bit of that, but no real kind of closure, if you want. Like, there's no real kind of closing the book on it. So I've had to deal with kind of sleepless nights kind of things, like uh, things playing over in your head, that kind of thing. But, um, it's part of the game we play and obviously it was so close so that's probably why it was a bit more gut-wrenching. Since you've been back, have you watched back the game against New Zealand for one and then secondly, we're watching it and we think you've got the ascendancy in the scrums but a certain Wayne Barnes didn't think you had the ascendancy and now he's retired, feel free to go full barrel at him, <laughs> both barrels at him. And... This is the part where I get cancelled. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not. This is the part where you get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> What was the first question again? Have you watched the game back? No, no. I'm back in Leinster now and obviously just been showing a few clips and stuff and stuff like that, but I haven't really gone through it yet. Like, it's, it's something that I, I just think it would bring back uh, bad memories. I know I probably should watch it in terms of obviously taking taking learnings from it, but not now. <laughs> still, still a bit fresh. As a player, how difficult is that, mate, on these 50-50 calls, which ultimately result in Ireland being knocked out of a World Cup, and they are 50-50 calls, yeah. on the biggest stage, as a player, is that one of the difficult things where you can't say anything, you've got an opinion on it, you're going through the footage, other people are hitting you, shouldn't have been a penalty, that was a scrum penalty for you. Is that difficult as a player dealing with that? 
Yeah, it's, it's always, especially in the front row, because like there is a kind of that added pressure and kind of responsibility on you where a decision that doesn't go your way can kind of tip things in favor of the other team. Obviously, those the kind of the 50-50 calls, like you're a lot of the time, you know, when you're in the wrong, when a penalty is given against you. But when the when it's kind of the 50-50 kind of calls where you feel a bit hard done by it's 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 real tough not to get like like worked up about it. I could even feel that in the New Zealand game in the quarterfinal. I was my blood was honestly boiling after a while because like I just felt I felt like I'd been hard done by like there's there's a lot of people out there that could probably disagree with me. They always have, but it's tougher when you feel like those 50-50 calls are kind of aren't in your favor being a ref. Probably tougher than being a player in terms of the amount of criticism you're going to get. One team is always going to hate you at the end of the day, I suppose. But um, yeah, I suppose that's the that's the tricky part. You know, when you unpack the games, like both like club level in the Champions Cup as well and internationally, is there a percentage where the referees on a whole, like as in they get 60 or 70% of the scrums right? I don't know whether as players and with the guys who do the stats that you're privy to that. Going into the game, the likelihood is that, I don't know, four out of ten of these scrums are going to go the 50-50s or they're going to be the wrong decision? I think they have like referee kind of meetings or debriefs like after games as well. Like they have them in the lead up to games and then obviously after the games they have them. But they yeah, they come back and say, yeah, like they said that should have been a, a penalty to us or that shouldn't have been a penalty or, or whatever. But you kind of come to to learn like referee traits kind of coming into games like and what they're looking for and like obviously you get the whole spiel and chat before the game when they come in and chat to the front rows and stuff so that's kind of it really they, you wouldn't really get much of the stats now but I'd like to see it on paper though uh, yeah. how much they do get right do you feel refs guess sometimes or I think they'll go with kind of whatever, whatever team has the momentum in the game Yeah. sometimes like if, you, if you've been painting bad pitches previously in the game you can shoot yourself in the foot then in that sense but um if I'm watching another game that doesn't in- involve us, even sometimes I'm like, "What? What the fuck was that for?" Like, yeah, I'm I'm there myself. Like, I've been playing fetch rugby seven, nearly eight years. Like, yeah. and sometimes I'm guessing. Imagine the average fan then as well. If you're if you're yeah. guessing, yeah. the refs guessing, <laughs> and all that stuff. <laughs> How hard was it to get the boots back on and get back into training, or was it a blessing to be able to go in and? You know, because people deal with grief in different ways, don't they? Some people crack on and yeah, yeah. the best thing you can do is get back on the horse. Other people, you know, you need to mourn a bit. What was it like for you? Yeah, well, like like even in my time off, I I went back kind of training just to kind Man of... Man for my own heart, that's what I'd have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I just had to do, I had to do something and it was like therapy for me, being able to just go to the gym and for a couple of hours. Squat. Yeah, exactly. Get the squats in. We're nodding like we like, know. We've never squatted in our life. <laughs> I don't know, I do 60 for about four now. 64. Actually, at me very peak, I reckon I was about 160 for 10, and that was like asked to... That's, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah. No. But was that your therapy? Was it like, as in bang the weights on the squat rack and fucking go as hard as we can? Basically, yeah. It was, it was nearly like just kick the shit out of myself for three, for three weeks. It was basically just to kind of get myself out of the house because like people just couldn't deal with me. I was depressed to be around nearly, so I just had to had to go out and kind of stick my headphones on and go do something. But um, it was good for me, and especially coming back to Leinster in the first kind of week or two, I was like, oh, gee, I like I couldn't think of anything worse than kind of than going back and kind of playing. Right now, I just kind of I wanted a bit of time away from this. But then when it actually came around to to going in and training, I was uh, I was around to go, and I, I couldn't wait to get in and. It's just having that other environment, having that different playing group around just gives you something else to focus on, really. And I think like we're welcomed back in incredibly well by everyone. And 
a lot of people understood kind of what we went through and after losing. But yeah, it was it was great to be back in and hopefully be able to get a bit of game time soon. Has Charlie Nighty said anything? Because obviously he's a Kiwi, or is he very quiet? He hasn't got the bollocks to say anything yet. He's quiet when he wants to be, but like he's he's a good fella. He's a very good fella. Like he's uh he's like our cultural leader. So he re- he read the room then. He read the room and was like, <laughs> "Don't yeah, say anything. Just don't say anything right now." Yeah, a bit. First few days, everyone's kind of walking on egg- eggshells a bit. I was like, well, "What do I say? What do I say <laughs> to make this better?" That's why I sent you. I saw you were in New York, and I said. He needs a comedy club. I know you didn't go to the comedy club, but I don't know where Kayla and the old Doris was, but he looked like he was in some funky place. Was he, was he in New York as well? I saw he was... No, Kayla went to Vegas. He went to... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Levels. Yeah. yeah. Mate, yeah. there was a different level going on there. He was sending me some pictures. I was in New York on my honeymoon, technically, and Kayla was off. He went to U2, I think, in, do you know, the Sphere, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that looked class. Kayla Miel Doris, he's got a bit of a... Living the dream. He's got a bit of a streak in him, a bit of a loose streak, has he? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. That'll boy. We like <laughs> yeah. him even more. I yeah, yeah. too much now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all we need. There's nothing more. We don't need anything more than that. <laughs> you should get him on next night. Like, you might get a few stories out of him. How different is going to be Jacques Nina becoming in as well? You had much contact with him? I did a while ago, like when he was in... Actually, when he was in Munster. And I was just a, a wee boy, like, coming through the academy. And... There was kind of talk of me going down to Munster at the time. So I went down and, and met Razzy and uh, and Jack. You were brave telling us this story. Oh, no, he's trying to get his value up there. <laughs> value. Smart. Out of contract soon. This is my agent playing playing games. Um, he wanted me to go down to <laughs> get a bit of a story going. Yeah, I remember I remember meeting him. I haven't had much contact with him since at all, but um, only from hearing what the Munster lad said, I heard he's a he's a top bloke and he's an incredible coach as well. And like to be having a world champion coach two times, he's he's won it like with with South Africa. To have him coming in is it's incredible. He hasn't been in yet, but I think he's 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 coming back in soon when they've finished their uh, flouting the trophy around. Yeah, <laughs> those yeah. mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Johnny, obviously Johnny's retiring. Who's taking his spot in the changing room? Is the He's going to be a massive loss for, for any team, isn't he? Let's be honest. He's an absolute hero. Yeah. He's off in Dubai at the minute, sunning himself, loving life with Bernard Jackman, sticking the Factor 50 on. But <laughs> like, he's going to be missed usually, isn't he? He's like, when you think of kind of Ireland and Leinster, he's the person you think of. Like, he's the player that kind of epitomises what it means to be an Irish and a, and a Leinster rugby player. Like, he's he's put so much into both jerseys over, over the years. And to be playing on the international stage at what 38 like and to the level of the quality he was playing at is 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 incredible and not just like a great player like he was an incredible leader just kind of on and off the pitch like he's he was one of those players that you kind of built your standards around it's going to be strange nearly not having him there because he's he was been there the whole time obviously in in the Irish and Leinster setups when I when I first came in so yeah it'll definitely be different uh not having him there and not having grumpy Johnny barking at you in training and on the pitch. So grumpy Johnny, I like that. As an Irish team, you've been world number one. You've been there or thereabouts. You've won the Grand Slam. What is the refocus? Is it freshening things up slightly? Is there a bit of a rebuild going on? Well, like to be fair, like it's not that much of a. We weren't that far off in no. the end. Like it's, uh, it doesn't take reinventing the wheel to, to kind of get to back to where we were. Like to get back to number one. To get back to winning grand slams in, in the six nations and it's like even with leinster it's like it's like if we had the similar season in the lead up to the finals we'll be in a great place like it's just kind of 
we fell short in the in in the end in, in for both club and and for Ireland. So it's not reinventing or reshaping anything. It's just kind of fine tuning things. I think. What he's saying is everyone else is fucked as we're coming for you. Yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> taking it out. But you've got a Lions tour as well. I know just before you go, I know you got injured before the last one. It must have been devastating. But that must be like a real focus for you. Now, I know it's so hard, isn't it, pinning stuff on two-year and four-year cycles, World Cups, Lions tour. But for you personally, mate, you're one of the best loose heads in the world. Like, yeah. is, is that a big ambition for you to go and absolutely destroy the Australians in two years? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Like, good. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, like you said, like I was, I lost out an injury the last time, and honestly, it was, it's nearly the same feeling as as kind of losing in the in the quarterfinal. It was just like kind of having something just taken away from me like mm. that, like uh, that kind of split second kind of thing. But uh, that's my next kind of very big kind of goal. But I've got a lot of kind of uh, other ones before that, before twenty twenty five. And on that, fast for coach. I back him. Yeah, yeah I back it. Yeah, 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 no doubt. There you go. Pick me, boss. <laughs> Everything you're hearing about Faz, like normally you hear whispers, don't you, about you know different camps or whatever. But I've never heard anything other than positivity around him as a coach. When he came in, he did shake things up a bit. Like he wanted to put his own kind of mark on things, and I think the thing he did best with that is just kind of knowing the the pressure and the and what players were going through when they were in in camp. Like they had so much kind of um, on their plate, like they had being away from their family, kind of being in a new environment, having to take on so much more new things. Like he he had that kind of in the back of his mind and he's a really family orientated man. So like he wanted the, the families to be around the team as much as possible. We were, we had them over as much as we could over in them um, when we were in France and we were able to go home a good bit, like um, during the preseason, like and they were invited in a good bit as well. So there was that. I just think, because he's played the game himself, he kind of, he gets it a bit. Like he, he really understood kind of how hard players are working both on and off the, on the pitch. And, and he rewards that. He rewards hard work. But yeah, he's, he's an incredible coach and I hope he's watching. Yeah, uh, <laughs> He's <laughs> listening, don't worry. But, I was on, on holiday with him as well and he's, yeah. he's even nice to me. But that's what I mean, you're right though, because he understands the pressures. His son, look at everything that was going on with his son during the World Cup. Like they are, I mean, they're the ultimate rugby family, aren't they? I mean, there's no bigger yeah, name yeah, of rugby than the Farrells. But you well, at, the Barretts are up there. Well, I'll say the Barretts are up there as well. <laughs> but you know, but as in, they're not coaching, are they? They're coaching no, no. the, you know, Ireland as yeah. well and the son's captain of England. So there's yeah. a different dynamic. But yeah, like with that, does he talk about Owen? in camp or not like that must be an interesting dynamic when they play against England does he ever joke about it or not does he bring his son into camp as well yeah, like they take the kids in come on son in you come yeah Owen's kids uh, wearing their Irish shirts yeah I love that their, actually uh, their English ones at like a, an open training session before but uh, yeah like there, there is usually a bit of kind of stick thrown around about it but uh, he, he shuts it down pretty quickly usually that's uh, he, I'd say he's used to dealing with that now. Like. Does he ever say, let's go after number 10, that no, fucking number 10? Does he, yeah, after. does he say that? Because he's coaching he, against yeah. his son, isn't he? Like, it's <laughs> a weird scenario. You love your son to bits, but you want to batter him or get someone else to batter him. he wants it to come from someone else. I think so. he wants uh, one of the other coaches to say it. So, yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Interesting Christmas dinner, like. Yeah, so no, imagine, like, imagine Faz going, like, if we get after Owen, he, he tackles high. Don't your head into him. Get in his head. Be fun. Yeah. Be class. All right, Angie. Hey, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. And uh, no worries, lads. It'll be great to see you back on the pitch. Thanks very much, lads. You'll be great. Thank Top you man. so much, mate. Cheers, Eminem. Top, Top bloke. Yeah. Class act. Oh, eh? mate. Told you. Do you know what? And you're right. We haven't had that many Irish on here because of the protection and they don't do a lot. You know, he's a legend, isn't he? We, t- we know a lot yeah. of them individually, don't we? Like, yes. They're all brilliant. 
and that is amazing to get him on and actually get the the hurt and the pain out of him. And he was emotional then, but it shows how much it means to him all. What a bloke. Rugby lads. lads. We're, all, we're all the same. Yeah. Like, and this is what I mean. And this is where my push, not that I'm at all influential. I mean, look at... Where's the video? Well, I've got the video taken down. <laughs> Maybe I am. But not that I'm in influential at all. But I spent a bit of time with Andrew Porter and it was short-lived. Yeah. And then we've kept in contact on social media. And I look at what he's doing. I'm thinking... He's got some, not, not that you have to be something or whatever away from the pitch, but I'm like, this guy's a great character, yeah. great athlete, wonderful rugby player, interesting guy, heart on the sleeve. Like, talk about it. More. In, yeah, more. more Let, let's more, show more. more. Because the thing in which he said is right, more than ever now, as in the players need to go yeah. individual and build a brand. Yeah. I'm not saying by coming on the rugby pod or by putting yourself out there on social media is a way of doing it, but it's a start of doing yeah. it. And, uh, you know, Kelly Miel Doris, like talking to him on social media, he's out in Vegas, a bit loose. Not that we need to see that, but we kind of do. Yeah, we we kind of want to see it. it. We, we want to see it. it. But, but it's true it, around yeah. like, the worry for them. You know, you mentioned then about, you know, the big worries getting cancelled or whatever. Cancelled for what, though? Well, he's just said he wants a Guinness and Black. Great. There'll be some Let's Irish people. 25. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll have 30. But there'll be some people going, he's not Irish if he's drinking Guinness and Black. But well, that's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, on out of all that, it's a fair point. But the fact that. I want to see it more. Like yeah. the All Blacks opened up a little bit during the World Cup. We started to see more. Like there's going to be a big shift. There has to. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, I got Dan Carter. Ex All Blacks. Ex All Blacks. What did yeah, Dan actually, Carter open up with? Um, I just whispered to him, said, "Mate, look, this leadership." Any nights out in Paris? Yeah, that exactly. Where he was in trouble. And he didn't. How did he get away with it? I was <laughs> like, the leadership facade you're putting on DC. I said, we want loose DC. You know, we don't want Dan Carter. We want DC. That's what we want. But what a lovely bloke yeah. Andrew Porter is. Yeah. Imagine doing a live show. We could. Do a monster live show in Dublin with Caelan Doris, Andrew Porter. Dan Sheehan, his brother. Dan uh, Sheehan, his brother. Doris agent. Should we get Dan Sheehan now or just his brother? His brother's a top boy. His brother's it? pretty loose as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dan Sheehan. We'll do a hell of a show. Let's do it. Well, let's take a look at the URC now then. Jim, you were down at the ground. As a fan. Did you go as a fan? As a fan at the Hive Stadium. It's not no longer called the Damn Health. It's called the Hive now. Yeah. So I took JJ there. The atmosphere looked great, though. It, you know what? They've got a really good setup there. And that's the first time I've been there as a fan. I normally go there, you work, you know, it's like yeah, your comms, yeah. you get your headphones on, and yeah, okay, good atmosphere. But you, you're in work mode. So that was me just not in work mode, hanging about with the masses outside. Do you have a pie and a pint? No. Gluten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had some sweets and a coffee. Gluten? Uh, I don't know. Soya? What is it? Who knows? But it was really good atmosphere. Yeah. And Connor... Again, having had a couple of weeks off domestic rugby, looked into it last week. Connor, top of the log in the URC. Ben Ely, me old drop goal. Yeah. Simple drop goal, but yeah, proper good sign in that, isn't he? Ben Healy's a good player. Yeah. And whether or not he is an international, even though that he is, not convinced yet. But Might be horrible. No, I'm just saying it how it is. Like, he's got to play well for Edinburgh. And everyone now, with Johnny Sexton finishing up, and Ben Healy, after the drop goal against Connor and being on the bench for Scotland, uh, thinking, why the hell have we let him go to Scotland? Mm. And maybe... Crowley, though. Crowley's class, I think. Yeah, but even a couple of years... This is a couple of years ago that yeah. they could have brought Ben Healy in, yeah. couldn't they? They just left him. But I, we I do are feel reaping the rewards. Imagine being Ben Healy, right? Yeah. And, you know, you were always compared to Johnny Sexton, and that's, you know, anyone going to come in and take his spot? Oh, no, I'll go to Scotland, and I've got to try and fill Finn's boots, the probably... Biggest superstar to come out of Scotland ever yeah. in terms of rugby. So I like him as a player, hell of a boot on him. 
I look at him, and I'm not comparing him to me, but I was in that position with Johnny Wilkinson and some other fly halves where it's hard. It's hard for him because uh, you're not that hero that everyone wants to support Finn and be Finn and whatever. But I think he's doing a very good job for Edinburgh and he will do a very good job for Scotland and maybe need, you know, Finn gets injured, you've got a, a very good replacement. Not like for like, but a very good replacement for him if that is the case. Or if it, you need someone to come on and close out a game with a massive boot. Well, he got the headlines for the drop goal at the end, but playing advantage, could have went for the fourth try, bonus point. But I know, oh, he wanted Jared. the head... He wanted, no, no. <laughs> come on. I'm not You've had a week ben off and Healy. you come in here questioning wage caps, go for the bonus point. Yeah, I'm just setting the scene. Here, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I'm just setting the scene. you got a bit of stick on social media and you're giving it back to everyone oh, yeah. else. I'm giving it back to the players. So <laughs> I've been loving the players at the World Cup, but now because I don't like domestic rugby, I'm causing hell but yeah like Collett very good very stuffy but we've got a cheat code I say we Scotland but Edinburgh got a cheat code who is it big doing yeah yeah, mate he see gets the wheels the on him unbelievable he's cheat code him. yeah he's like as in yeah. he's got three legs <laughs> he literally has <laughs> <laughs> he's actually a three-legged man so that's why so he's the cheat code Wes Usen as well on the wing was sensational but Collett very good very stuffy stuck in there to the end no one's really talking about them but yeah, URC back Return of the Mac running. wasn't back, was he? No, no, Bundyaki isn't either. Yeah. So they've got some quality to come back. Yeah. And Edinburgh are getting Ellie Price as well. They are. Huge. They are. About? Oh, I don't know how huge it is. They're not huge? That's what well, I like Ellie. Bellicott scored a hell of a finish from he Bellicott. Did. He did, yeah. I don't know. Is it, is it huge or is it he's coming towards... I don't, I fucking, who, who's I'm being really hard. Are you going to just put him into retirement? <laughs> I'm retiring everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't what, know. I'm just um, being honest now. Who's Scotland's number one now then? Is it Ben White or is it... Well, Ali played the game against yeah. Ireland. Okay, but then... I think for Edinburgh it is good, but you, you just said Ben Velikot. I'm a massive Ben Velikot fan. And they've got Charlie Shields, so you've got a young nine. I thought Ali Price was going to go to France, and that yeah. might still unravel. Yeah. Like He's a it's French-style player, it? so it's a loan for the year. And I'm not saying Ali Price has lost his legs. He has. I'm a massive Ali Price fan. Like Love him as a bloke. I think he's a fantastic player. But in Scotland, you have this thing where when you come towards the end of your career... They, they ain't apologising for it like you're gone like they are as in like you move on we're going to bring someone else through and you could see something like that happening with Ali Price for Edinburgh of course it's great you've got Charlie Shield, you've got Ben Velikot so Charlie Shield probably arguably depending on what the coaches want to do might move him aside and you've got Ben Velikot and Ali Price but what does that do for the development of scrum halves in Scotland I don't know it's a story for another day but it is Biggish news, maybe not as big as people are making it out to be, that Ali Price has gone from Glasgow to Edinburgh. It happens, maybe just not as high profile as someone like Ali Price, but he's still got a lot to give, quality player. Where's Ben White now? Ben White is at Toulon. It's weird, isn't it, the fact that Ben White, who was first choice, then was on the bench for the Ireland game, second choice, he's not at one of your two clubs. It shows you now, doesn't it? Because does it show you strength in depth or does it show you mismanagement? Not mismanagement, it shows you that there's... No fucking money. Yeah, basically, you've said it. Really? I, I think so, and I think the budget in the URC is bigger, but normally players would potentially go, like well, Ben was, he was playing at London Irish, yeah, yeah. that are no longer there. So mm. less clubs down there, less opportunity in the Premiership unless you're a superstar, hence why they're heading to the top 14. Plenty of money at Leinster, their B team. Did a job at the Dragons, didn't they? The Dregs. Oh, the poor Dregs. Poor Dregs. Hang on, where was, the, where was the last time they won a game? 1998, I think. Oh, mate, I don't know. It's Dean Ryan's fault. Blame Dean. Where is Dean? Dean is on gardening leave. <laughs> is he and still? I'm sure it's a big old garden in yeah. Cheltenham, I'll be honest. Yeah, played for, lost for. But Leinster, 
Yeah, they lost last week, didn't they? Some big players came back. Dan Sheen skippered them. How good was he? Yeah. The clip that went viral. I say viral. I liked it. Best hooker in the world. He's he's a fantastic player. Captain. Actually, best hooker in the world is a massive shout because a fit Malcolm Marks has got to be up there as well. Imagine yeah. actually two hookers, Malcolm Marks and Dan Sheen. Yeah. Sheen's amazing. Love him. Like he, he, well. He's in top three, definitely. Yeah. What an athlete. What we will talk about, though, is Tame Basham. What are you doing? Hmm. Proper Judas Welsh cheap shot, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like from the, the old school Judas <laughs> yeah you're going Ponty Paul Ponty Pro. yeah that, I'm, I'm going back no. to the old I played at Ponty and it was cheap shot central I well, missed um, it what happened what happened well Ross Byrne has gone back for a kick and he's trying to clear his lines Tame Basham's just given him, him he's bashed him with his elbow in the head like not even he's just lost his head there and he's he? thought fuck it we are he's diabolical having, he's yeah. like I, what, I I'm having out. Christmas off I want out he's like us Welsh regions at the minute we are bollocks <laughs> all four lost on the weekend <laughs> Christmas yeah, elbow they're but calling you, yeah, but he's I elbowed think, someone in the head like we're laughing about it here's, your, here's, your, here's your Christmas cracker get it because I cracked you but, oh, I don't know like you, if you don't laugh you cry for them yeah because it'd be interesting to see Blame as Naz. the season goes on Naz still Naz, there. what are you doing mate <laughs> I feel bad because Naz is there. His kids were there. They had the drags hats on and stuff like that supporting them. So I may, I'll be hoping it's the Catalan Dragons, to be honest with you. But you wonder, like, where's it going for them, like, in the regions? Because it's not sustainable. Like, you talk about the Prem. Like, how sustainable is that? And I do wonder whether Gatlin has a plan for the Welsh regions because you literally, your players are out there being eaten by wolves every week. So yeah. how are you developing in that well, space? Well, they play each other this week. They, they've got the Ospreys this week. Well, they, so. someone's going to win there, isn't they? Someone's getting on there. Why are we in draw? There could be a draw. <laughs> okay. hey, you know Three what? all. Exactly. Six all. Apparently it's going to be a draw. And then you go into Christmas and then you've got the fucking Champions Cup to get into. Before like, Christmas, what? yeah. What, well, what not the you... Dragons. I think they're playing Romania, Bucharest B team away. Bucharest, yeah. They Bucharest Bs or whatever they're called. But the... Uh... Sorry, Dragons fans, if all three of you... It's not. I mean, it was going to happen, wasn't it? Like, you've got some quality players in that mix and uh, like looking at Exeter you've got Joe Hawkins you've got Daffy Jenkins captain playing in the Prem like what's happening anyway I don't know it's not for me to answer I'm just looking at it from the outside just rinsing everyone today apologies <laughs> what about Zebra that's where I was going I hadn't won a game in 18 months Zebra mm. and then they beat the Hollywood bet Sharks Imagine the piss up. 12-10. Imagine the piss up. <laughs> There's about four people watching it, to be fair. But no, credit to Zebra. I'm going to give them a shout out later as well. They don't win many and they get plenty of stick. My win. mate Marco Massotti from yeah. the Sharks ain't going to be go. happy. No, but they get their first win since, I think it was April 2022. <laughs> How bad. Imagine the piss up. <laughs> Imagine the piss. Where is it? In Palmer? It was at home, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well done to Zebra. What's with the South African teams? Because... I mean, well, they've just won a World Cup, so all the best players are. They're still on a bus somewhere, I think, aren't they? Yeah. Leinster trot out their B team. They still win. What's happened to the South African teams? Well, they haven't played the Dragons away. And they've not got the strength in depth, have they? No. You think of Leinster. You think of what they could... Imagine what the South African teams could have if they were like, right, we're going to bring Jasper Visa home, we're going to bring Andre yeah. Pollard home, we're going to bring Andre Esterhazen home, we're going to bring the Dupree boys back. Hit me with some more. Sia. Yeah, yeah, we'll bring Sia back. Imagine if they all played, right? And that's the thing, you're looking at it, and actually, you talk about South African teams, the Lions beat the Scarlets away, but... Bulls are top of the table. The Bulls lost to Benetton this weekend. And when you've got so many players playing at World Cups, and we've said this around the URC before in the South African teams, they'll come good in the second half of the season, they always do, when those internationals 
come back into the mix and the top tier players come back into the mix because of how historically they've always built their teams around Super Rugby that starts in Jan. So that's what their program to do. Yeah. And they're, they're still an adjustment. There's been a World Cup. Trust me, the Stormers, the Sharks, the Bulls, they'll all be there or thereabouts by the end of the season. Right, shall we finish things off then with the good, the bad and the ugly? Yes, let's. We're going to start off with the good and we're going to start off in France. And they got a shout out last week. They're getting another shout out this week. Poo, I mean Poe. They're getting a shout out in the good along with Stade Francais. Poe beat Bordeaux at home and are still top of the top 14 with Stade Francais on points. Stade Francais had a brilliant win away at Lyon. And a couple of shout outs to English boys in there. Joe Marchant playing his first game. Yeah. Played very well. Zach Henry at 10. Excelled in the 10 jersey. Kicked bucket loads of points. So, um, yeah, shout out to those boys. I might watch a bit more top 14. How are you watching it? This year. How, how you tell me. Viagoos. Is it on Viagoos, is it? Yeah, well, All right. I, I don't, don't know. play. Big but shout you don't out. like it. Yeah, but it's glitz and glam. I told you. I tell you now, it ain't glitz and glam in the top 40. It portrays that image, but sometimes it's not. But Guzzi's at Stade yeah. Francais as well. Yeah. Spent a bit of time with him in Paris as well. He was giving me some insight into Crema. Yeah. Marcus Kremer, he's off and he's off to Ard. Clermont. Hard. Anyway, carrying on with the good. Quinns get a mention of the good this week. I thought it was a pretty complete performance by them at Leicester Tigers, mixing the grunt with the flair that we know Quinns can produce and a good defensive display as well. Bath get a mention of the good. They dominated the second half against Gloucester in the West Country derby with Finn at the wheel, shushing the shed. They were outstanding. I thought Ollie Lawrence, Max Ajomo, Will Muir, Dutoy as well. Top try scorer, outstanding from those boys. Saracens get a mention the good. Big win for them. I say for them, for the Shags, for Jim's old team down at Newcastle. Normally you'd lose that game, wouldn't you, with you as VC? And then Faz chucks a ball at your head on Monday morning, tanned up to the eyeballs because he's been in dubs. Yeah, Newcastle good back then, though, especially around Christmas. Stop being horrible about Newcastle. Saints get a mention the good. Finn Smith on fire as well at 10. Ben Healy and Edinburgh get a shower in the good with their win over Connacht down to the last minute drop goal. Glasgow, they got a good win at Osprey, so shout out to two Scottish teams, two from two this weekend. Ulster, get a mention of the good. They fought back from 14-3 down against Munster at home to get the victory and end Munster's unbeaten start to the season. Shout out to Rob Herring as well for breaking the Ulster appearance record and some of the pictures that were coming out around Rob Herring from I his don't really days. know. I don't really know Rob, but I feel like I like him. Yeah, well, I, same. I feel like we're <laughs> he's, mates, he's a top lad. He's a top lad, he is. But yeah, massive shout out to Rob Herring. And then we're going to go over to Italy. Benetton get a shout out in the good. They beat the Stormers at home. And check this out, Benetton, the only unbeaten team in Europe left. So from the top 14, the Premiership, or the URC, Benetton are the only unbeaten team. But the good this week is going to go to Zebra. They beat the Hollywood Bets Sharks 12-10, epic game, but more importantly, it's their first win for over 18 months. They've been hammered in the bad over those 18 months for losing game after game after game. So massive shout out to all the Zebra boys. They get their first win, and that's why they get the good this week. The bad, few bits of bad. Bad news for Andrew Conway and Munster Rugby in general, having to retire because of a knee injury. My old holiday friend, Andrew Conway, great bloke. So we wish him all the best in retirement, but bad news that he's had to retire. Speaking of knees, Alfie Barbary. He hurt his knee. He got Ludlowed at the weekend. Mm, Legal tackle in terms of technique, but off the ball because he didn't have the ball so it was an illegal tackle oh was it yeah well he didn't have the ball and he's just yeah I didn't see and it's that. a couple of yards out from the try and so he's got to commit but it looked like his medials or something has gone poor bloke so uh, hopefully Alfie Barber is okay bad news if he's injured we'll go over to Australia for a bit of bad Mark 
Nwanganita Wasi, possibly leaving Rugby Union for Rugby League. It's outrageous. Mental. Yeah, in our best talent that they've had and probably their best player for a, a while now. Cheers, Eddie Jones. Basically, blame Eddie. If in doubt, blame Eddie. Well, it's mental for us, but for him, maybe it's a no-brainer. Yeah, maybe it's a massive load of wedge, but... It's a worry. Yeah, not good for Australian rugby. Gloucester, get a mention of the bad. Their second half performance versus Bath was pretty poor, so that gets a mention. Newcastle, Falcons, my old club, taking 50 uh, at home to the Saracen Shags. Not good for Newcastle, not a good start to the season. The Dragons get their customary mention in the bad this week. They got spanked at home by Leinster. But the bad this week, we're going to go over to France. Where am I going to go with this, Jim? Think about your upbringing. Montpellier? Yeah. What's happened? And who was a complete... Fabian. You want about him being naked on the beach and being caught? On ca- what? <laughs> no. what? What happened? There was talk of Fabian Gautier, wasn't there? There was, well, there was a talk, you saw the pictures, yeah. with his little chipolata <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> no, but it, it, is, it is Montpellier, though. It's who a... gets the willy out on the beach, Fabian? Well, I tell you now, I, in Montpellier, there was a beach bar nudist where we bar. used to go and there's a new like well it was like this awesome beach bar we used to go then the nudist bar do you ever get your little piece what, out? there was this one guy that would be strutting around i reckon he was 60 and you've never seen anything like it <laughs> so don't f- imagine fabian was anywhere near it <laughs> there you go but anyway is it montpellier it is montpellier What's and happened? richard cockerell why well they've had a horrific start to the season uh, they lost 2017 at home to claremont his old club that's five losses on the spin and their second oh, bottom of the top 14 oh, cockers took over the reins as the boss they beat La Rochelle first game of the season, but they've since lost five on the spin. And it's ruthless there as well. Yeah. Mohad Altred. Two home games they've lost as well. So Cockers and Montpellier, they're going to get the bad this week. Sorry, Cockers. And then the ugly, we spoke about it earlier, we had a bit of chuckle about it, but only one bit of ugly. Tame Basham gets it this week for his deliberate elbow to the head of Ross Byrne. Ridiculous challenge, what are you doing? Deserves a big ban. He's after Christmas off, that kid. So Tame Basham, you get the ugly this week. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Robin. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and make sure you've subscribed on Spotify. Rugby Spot. Spotted pod, 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 pod. 